Good evening, good evening. How are you? Appreciate you guys learning that song. Love that song. Perfect. Bunch of dust being made beautiful by the handiwork of God. Well, tonight when we go before the Lord, we want to pray for our youth group, our teens, Adam and Jennifer and their leaders and the kids as they're having a combined service with another church. Um, kind of kicking off going back to school, even though most of them are already back to school. So we want to lift them up. You know, I was looking at my grandsons just a little while ago, both of them, and, and I'm thinking about our youth also. They're down there listening to the grandson of one of the oddest, weirdest criminals in America. The mercy of God. In fact, his father, I, I guess how the story goes, was so overcome with grief and everything that his dad was known for that he ended up taking his own life. And so this is the grandson giving witness and testimony of the goodness and mercy of God. Is that amazing or what? Absolutely. That poor guy having a grandson, the things that must have haunted his dad. So we need to lift them up as we go before the Lord. And One song, I don't know the names of the song. I can't remember them when I see them up on the screens and then I can flow with them. But the one song, O Spirit, it says, O Spirit, come down and make us humble. I mean, that, that, that's where it is. That, in fact, this, that song kind of nails the, the, the message uh, tonight, uh, the, the being humble. Uh, again, it's the absolute opposite of how the world thinks, and I don't even know about the church half the time, but the way up in God is down. I mean, it's like on your face being humbled before God, and God will use you, and He'll put you in places that are you'll just shake your head. But the way up in God is down, and you just can't say, okay, golly gee, I'll be humble. It, now, it's got to be a work of Almighty God because there's nothing in us that really wants to be humble. Nothing carnal, that's for sure. There's no good in you, the Bible says. So when the, the good that comes is from God. So when He comes in you, then you are made good. And then He starts teaching you this stuff. Man, the way up is not clawing. And it, the way up is down. The way to greatness is servanthood. And so this is just so contrary to us so we can simply just see why we need the Word of God in and, and coming together and asking God to bless the Word. And So today, when I was over at the office just sitting there, and I was out, actually I just kind of talked to God sometimes and said, Lord, I'm kind of exhausted. And as usual, Lord, here's another Sunday night and I don't have anything. Just the way it is, the whole week is just kind of filled and you really concentrate on that morning one and I always try to. It's almost impossible to mix both messages. It's like I got to get the one out before I can even start. I've tried mixing them or something. The best maybe I can do is have a thought or an idea and then go with it later and ask for the mercy of God. But as I was just sitting there and I was just thinking, I, I watched a, a video. It was related to the fireproof somewhat like today. And, and I just thought, you know what, Lord, we just simply need miracles. No hype, no phonyism, no fanaticism, Lord, just plain, simple miracles. And I'm going to kind of be like, Lord, like I was this morning, childlike. I know the, the age and the, and the years of child in me is absolutely gone, but in God, I just want to simply say to my heavenly Father, Father, we need miracles. We need you to move once again, God, not to consume them on our own lusts. That has made God back off from us but simply need miracles. And we're going to maybe just kind of look at the Word of God and not even quite sure how long this thing will take, nor should we care, right? 
really shouldn't. And so we're just going to look at the Word and, and trust that God anoints and directs and plants His Word deep in us. Starting off with Matthew 18, verse 3, it says this, and he said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as a little child. And that kind of had me thinking with the, the book I told you I bought this morning. There's nothing wrong with that if you're a skull person and all that. God bless you and all that. God's given you that gifting. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. But it can get in the way. I just want to come to God as a child. Father, help. I just want that. Kind of like I told you the story, remember when my children were little and you have having four of them and especially the boys, they're always hollering something, something, something. But then sometimes there's a holler, there's a scream that makes you react like never before. You know something's going on, not just his little ball was stolen or his bat was taken. You know something happened and you leap and you run. Your child didn't sit there and try to figure out in Greek or whatever how he should call her out, how he should call out, should he should say something, oh, heaven. He just yelled, Father, help, or Dad, help. And so as we are in this last day and age and our nation seems to be spinning out of control with not a whole lot of hope, we want to get the church back to just simply say like childlike faith, oh, Heavenly Father, help us. We need you to move again, God, with your might and your power and your glory and your majesty. Oh, God, won't you pour out once again upon the people of God. Move again with your miraculous, wonderful miracles, Lord, that will bring hope to the lost. It will bring hope to them. Portion in Acts where it talks about these great, tremendous miracles, and it says that almost the entire city came to hear. Not to get autographs or sign books, but to hear the Word of God. That's what we got to get back to, just the basic simplicity of the Word of God. And it goes on and says in verse 4, Whosoever, means this is an opportunity for you, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as a little child. I mean, I really do. I want to. If Heavenly Father says to me, it moves upon me with the Spirit of God and says, Go sit in a corner. I want to be able to do that. I don't want to be saying, What are you talking about, Pastor? No, I want to be able to go to the corner and receive instruction from God. I want to be able to have that humbleness. I want to be able to lie on my face before God and have God comb through my heart with the finest tool that he can to find things, to get rid of things, not to hold anything back from God. Wherefore, or whosoever therefore shall humble himself. This is a, something that God, through the Spirit of God, is asking and longing us. Just think what God could do if he could have a body of believers humble themselves before Almighty God. How awesome would this be? You see, our old nature always ruins things and gets in the way. Half the time, I think Lucifer himself is on a vacation when it comes to us because our flesh does his job. And so Paul says, I die daily, this humbling. Man, no one likes to be humbled. That's why we can't even stand at a four-way stop sign. And we always bring up that. And who goes first? I'm going first. It's my turn. Because we didn't even have that in us to be gracious enough. Even if somebody plows through, you just want to look. <laughs> How do I know that? Because we're guilty of that kind of, because that's not in us. It's a spiritual thing to humble yourself before God. A spiritual 
thing is what we're talking about. And I believe we make this Christianity so hard. We make it way too harder than it is. I just want to come like a child before God. Just the kind of like I did in my office. Father, more out Sunday night. Your people are coming. Help me. I just need, I need something, Lord, from you. I need a direction. I need, need you to just move or something. And, and you just have to trust God that he will. That he will. I mean, sometimes I tell God, God, it's 530 and they're coming at 7. I mean, just try to be plain and simple with God. Let's look at Naaman. Everybody remember Naaman? There's something to learn from Naaman. Naaman had a high position. He was a commander. He was always receiving honor. But he was unsaved. And unfortunately, he was leprous. So we see in 2 Kings 5.1, it says, Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, no small job, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. Okay, so this guy, listen, in plain language, he's full of himself. This guy, and he's leprous, and he doesn't know God. That's where he's at. We want to we wanna look at the attitude that uh, kind of comes out of this guy, even when he's presented with the Word of God, even he's, when he's presented with the answer. And what we want to do tonight is just simply ask God, God, move again. Move again in your great display and your power, Lord. God, don't let me be like a name because it doesn't come the way I think it should come, the way I want it to come, when I want it to come. Lord, we just want you to be the father, and I'll be the child. There was a song that we used to pray with all the time, and I can't remember it. But it wasn't, I don't even know how many verses were in the song. It didn't seem like anything, but he would just scream, You are God, and I'm just a man. And that's the way it should be in our life, this humbleness before Almighty God. So Naaman was in need of a miracle just like all of you are, and I am. We're in need for God to move again in His miraculous and His supernatural and His power again, not to huckster it and to sell it off, but to just give Him glory for His name to be exalted above all names, that He can have a church or a house of God or something, whatever you want to call this, where He can power can be on display and the glory is His and His alone for a ministry and a people that could humble themselves before Almighty God, and not Paul Naaman. So here's this guy with all the awards that the world can give him. Verse 5, it says, Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. He's getting a letter from the king of Syria. I mean, Syria, I, I can't get a letter from our president. I can't get a letter from someone way up there. I mean, he, he had to be in that circle, and that you could see how high up he was. He says, go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 changes of clothing. This is a big to-do that's going on. Verse 6 says, then he brought the letter to the king of Israel. It said, now be advised. When this letter comes to you that I have sent, name it, my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. Of course, that makes the king mad. He realizes who he is. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to me to be healed him of his leprosy? 
Therefore, please consider and seek how. He's just setting us up for a war. He wants a fight, wants to pick a fight with me. He knows I can't do this. So that's where this situation is going. But, verse 8 says, So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me, and he shall now he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Look, what we want to do tonight is to go before the Lord and, and ask God to move again in the miraculous, in the miracles, in your life, in our nation's life, in the church's life, in your pastor's life, in all in Zanesville's life, to go before him just childlike by faith, trusting and seeing what he'll do, and, and not to let go of it, not to start doubting, but to go before him and stay humble before him. Learn from Naaman. Look what he does. Verse uh, 9 says, Then Naaman went with his horse and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. I mean, Naaman is just like us. We, we tell God how we want our prayers answered. How and when and which way to do it. He says, and he talks about these different rivers of Damascus. He said, these are better waters of all years. It must have been cleaner and fresher waters. He was like, I'd rather go there. And so he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? Total opposite of being humble. If he'd have told you to do something great, then you could be noticed. Everybody would notify you or, or see you or, or recognize you, notice you. Then you would have done it. But God has asked you to humble yourself, to lower yourself before him who is higher. And he gets enraged. Listen, never heard the word that he'll be healed. He never heard it prophet said dip seven times and you'll get it never heard it and i fear sometimes and shake and think god how many times have we missed it as a church when you're about to move about to do something wonderful miraculous a supernatural power that we need so bad and we don't hear it because we concocted how it should be done oh god help me to humble myself Help me to know I'm nothing. God, how dare I? How dare I get enraged or upset or bothered? Or It's not the way I... Yet we do all the time. A lot of us sometimes get so mad at God, we leave. We just leave and do whatever we're going to do. So he says his servant came to him and said, Man, if God asked you to do something great, you do it. So 14 says, so he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, and came and stood before him and said, indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth. This is why we want God to move. If it's for yourself, you ask amiss. I mean, did you ever just think of it if God would really start to move? 
move in his majestic holy power. Seen some of them old clips we found of old men of God talking about them old revivals. He said it was about an hour before church and people were all, he said about six to seven hundred people were around the church. And he said, how they got here, I don't know. Because they weren't advertising or nothing. It was just having a move of God. And as he opened the door to look at him, he could hear them weeping out there. Tears of repentance. A move of God. A real move. We need miracles. We need the power of God. Not like you've seen on TV since I've been born again. We need the real stuff. The real. Elijah sent a messenger to him and Naaman took offense about it. Took offense. He's hearing answers. And because they don't line up with the way we think, we get offended of it. Unbelievable. God said, look, my ways are so much higher than your ways. So when you start praying for something, and it seems like the total opposite of what you were hoping for is happening, you should start to think, oh, God, thank, thank you, Lord. Although I don't understand, God, I don't have a clue, Lord. Everything seems to be worse and darker. I'm going to trust you and believe in you and you alone, God. Humbling yourself before God. Humbling. Realizing that you are nothing. Realizing that there's no hope for our nation. The elections are going to come and go. Candidates are going to come and go. Promises. All that stuff's going to come and go. It's got God, God. What's the church going to do? The church must do it. The church. The guilt of everything, the shape, the morality of everything I believe lies at the steps of the church. Because you and I are supposed to be the light of the world. Not the show-offs of the world. Look at me. No, the light of the world. Humbling, being used by God, giving off that glorious light of God. And we need God to move once again in his power and his might. Elisha refused to give him personal audience. I mean, you know that had to come from God. Just refused to give him personal audience. He simply sent a messenger. This was humbling to Naaman, who was accustomed of being honored. <gasps> Naaman? Kill the fatted calf, set up the tables, get the ice, get going. That's he just sent a messenger. Didn't even come to him. I'm sure Naaman thought, how rude. But God was doing, so he was doing a humbling work in this man. And he says, go wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. These were simple, uncomplicated guidance, direction. Go wash in the Jordan seven times. He didn't need Greek. He didn't need Hebrew. He didn't need anything. He just needed to be obedient. God will give, he gives us simple, simple guidance, simple direction in the Word of God. And we flub it up all the time. We make it so hard and difficult. They were simple, uncomplicated instructions. Yet Naaman's reaction demonstrates that he wasn't humble. That he was like, no way, man. No way. Me? Look how I'm decked out. Look at my garb. I brought you all this stuff. And I didn't get to talk to him. A lot of times we get caught up in the various things that we think we've done for God and we should have a, a notch higher in God than we. No, not at all. We need to stay humble for God and, and thank God that you can still breathe. 
that he's letting you breathe. And then God is going to use us. God will pour out his spirit upon us. He will. We have to. we got to have it. There's no one's going to be able to stand in the onslaught that's out there. Not that's coming, that's out there. No matter what happens in the next 60-some days. This whole world is in a countdown session, and God is looking for his people that will humble themselves so he can show himself strong on their behalf. God is. And this is our time to do that. This is our opportunity, even if you don't know how. You walk down here and say, God, I don't know if I've been humble. I don't know if there's a humble bone in my body. But, Lord, I want to be pleasing to you. So he said, go and wash. I mean, it's amazing. Can you understand it? It's, he has leprosy. Uh, there, there's no cure for leprosy. I don't know if it's a modern day. I don't know what it is. It's just a horrible thing where your fingers and thumb, everything just starts to fall off. He didn't even hear about the healing because what he had to do to lower himself in front of him who's higher. Didn't even hear it. What are we not hearing? And it's crazy. In the natural even, I can go, hello, how are you? I'm pastor. Nice to see you. Oh, I'm mm -hmm, and I'm mm -hmm. And uh, 10 minutes later, I'll say, Ruth, I don't know. There's no people. I forget their names. We don't even hear when we're talking with him. And so how horrible it is if we don't hear the voice of God. Humbling yourself. I almost fell over. When you read the article of the, 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 where's Dan? Dan just prayed about the guy that found the young lady stripped naked and burnt, fourth degree burns out there on 208. This gr glorious article giving all praise to God. And he says, don't mention my name. You're like, what? It's time for, that's book material, man. You could sell that and book, right? get your picture on. Don't mention my name. In 2012, that was just amazing, absolutely amazing, not wanting anybody to know his name. And I, I, I pray and trust and hope it's because he loves God so much. That, that just was amazing, absolutely amazing. And that was a miracle. This lady, at what she died Tuesday, I don't know when he found her, three days later, this lady's going to hell in three days. In three days, eternal damnation. And this guy just so happens, it's a miracle he stopped. We've been going, well, ooh, I'm not getting involved in that. Ooh, that looks horrible. Talking about trying to pick her up and her skin's falling off. And he's talking to her about God. Thinking, oh, my gosh. That is a miracle. That is. I'm not talking about just these, you know, little cute things that happen inside the church building. I'm talking about what we really need, which is out there where it's really dark. That was a miracle. And then the guy goes, I don't want my name. That is humble. So it's as if Naaman didn't even hear that he would get healed. Wouldn't you think, Bruce, if you're sitting there and you've got nothing but terminal news from every doctor, that you would run to the Jordan? Run to it. Nobody's saying, Dad, the ball game's on. You're like, who cares? 
you would run to it and dip seven times. And that word dip means plunge. You know, it's just not, not one, two, don't want to get any of his prestige dirty and wrinkled. And, and it's three, four, no, it means plunge. Naaman thought he would surely come out to him, stand and call upon the name of the Lord, and all these great and wonderful things would happen. You know, I, I don't care how or who or what God moves. All I want to do is be in it. I don't want to be in it. I don't want to be over there going, <clears throat> what was it? my church, I preached that same message. Why didn't go? I don't want none of that stuff. And that stuff's in us. So God says, you have a choice today. You need to humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself. Keep yourself down before God. And God said, I will move again. You understand, God's in the saving people business. And there are millions not saved. You think God's going, it was a nice shot, it was a nice run, the world's about to end, too bad. God, he's still going to do something. However it is, I don't know if it's going to be a mass move of God or localized move. Who cares as long as he does something? But he needs vessels to work through. Vessels who know they're nothing and will not rob God of his glory. It's in Ezekiel where they go ahead and just keep playing church. They keep doing their thing. It says they don't even know the glory of God was backing up. Remember that? Kept backing up to the back door, then to the back parking lot, then to the back corner of the property, and then to the back mountain looking over. They kept backing up, and they're singing and playing church, and they never knew it. If I stand before God and God goes, I never knew you. I can't even think how long I would shriek and scream. Because I believe in us lies that seed of deception that we can deceive ourselves more, better, and stronger than anybody else. Humble before God. And God will get that stuff out of you. And God will move in the miraculous. He will. He will. He has to. Naaman had it all figured out. I tell God, I do. I tell God, and I've told you, but I don't have nothing figured out. I have nothing, nothing at all figured out. He turned away and went away in rage. I just can't, I just can't get over that to think that he never heard his answer to prayer. He never heard it. Go humble yourself seven times in the filthy water called Jordan. You know that's a setup. God sets us up. He's all decked out, and God says, go humble yourself. This is just God's truth. This is the truth. One time in, in church, this lady told me years ago, years ago, years ago, told me she was in the bathroom, splashing water on her face, cold water. She was trying to shake off the conviction because she didn't want to run down to the altar and mess up her face and her hair and her dress. That's the truth. That's not a made-up story. And I just said, what? What? That's what's in us if it's unchecked by the Spirit of God. And that will dry up the move of God. It'll dry it up quick. So he was to plunge in the River Jordan. Total obedience to the Word of God. I talk to people about the Lord. I no longer try to arm wrestle them into saying the prayer. I mean, come on. I've been saved long enough to know that, that, that that's not it. It's not some magic words. You can just, you can just twist it out. Lord, there. No, please. Please. 
It's a heart thing. It's a heart that's got to cry out for God. And when I tell them, I said, look, I compared it one day years ago, cutting grass in August, as hot as it was, cutting grass, and my children were little, and they're playing around in this, this um, above-ground pool we had. It looked so wonderful, and I thought, man, when I'm done, when I'm done, I'm getting in. I'm jumping off this thing and getting in. Grass stinking to me, bugs, hot, sweat. I got done, put my foot in, went, whoa. And so here's what I tell when it comes to God. Don't stick your foot in. you got to run off that deck or run off wherever you are and just plunge. Ba-boom. And that, oh, glory. Then you're in. Because if you stick your toe in, your flesh is going to say, oh, no way, back off. And this is what we got to do with God. we got to run off and jump in and plunge in. And just tell God, God, whatever you want. And mean it. I know about all the church talk and all the nods and the amens and the hallelujahs the real stuff from a child's heart help me God please this little portion of scripture I studied it a little bit as much as I could and talked about Spurgeon and Spurgeon was saying Naaman was attacked by two enemies the first one he called proud self we know that it's in Proverbs 10, 14, or 14, 10, you'll find it, or 13, 10, maybe that's it. Only by pride comes contention. That's what the Word says. There is no yeah, but he did. I think she was, I'm, but only by pride you're having contention. Husband and wife, only by pride. Sheep, pastor, only by pride that you're enraged or have a thing or just like sandpaper to me. That's what the Word says, only by pride. And so Spurgeon said, this is proud self. This is what was going on. Internally, he, he had it all set up that Elisha was going to come out and be a big to-do over him. Of course, God probably spoke to Elisha, and Elisha actually knew, and he did nothing. It was a total death blow to his pride self. The other second enemy was evil questioning, evil, evil intent, who questioned why he should wash in the Jordan when there was many better rivers, as if you know better than God. Crazy. One time in my life, I told you years and years ago in PA when they were all little, needing a job so bad. In love with God, serving people with God, a friendship like with Lenny. And Lenny had this great job offer. He offered me the job out of work, pushing two years. Said, yeah, absolutely. Six, seven, eight weeks later, he came back to me heartbroken, said, I, I just, I can't. I don't think God wants you to have the job. Like, what? You don't think some evil questioning came? By the grace of God, we didn't do anything to him, but boy, by myself, I'm like, God, we're dying. Wasn't long after that, something opened up and brought me out here. I had no clue. All I know is I had four little ones. Evil questioning pours out of us if we don't think it makes sense. And the way we think compared to God never makes sense. Like you knew the great Savior was going to come as a baby. 
This is the Messiah, the great Savior of the world. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Who would have thought that plan up? None of us. None of us. And so God does this wonderful thing. So you must be con uh, serious about this pride, proud self, as Spurgeon put it, and evil questioning to God. That's why I told you a lot of times my favorite answer to God is, mm -hmm. you're the boss, God. I don't know. Many times, many times through my walk, I've gone to bed thinking, oh, my gosh, this is it. This is it. Oh, my Lord, Lord. Still going on. This is the scripture we started New Hope with and has really nothing to do with that, but this is what God gave me. 2 Corinthians 11.3, Paul said to the Corinthians, but I fear, lest by any means is the serpent beguiled Eve through his sub subtility, so your subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. I have used that as a role through my whole life. As soon as church and things and decisions and everything's coming too hard, I say, God, what's up with this? What am I doing? It's the simplicity in serving God. Remember? Oh, we always say like it's some cute joke, but it's the truth. We should never go beyond. Jesus loves me, this I know. You do? For the Bible tells me so. That's it. Why go beyond that? Why Really, why should we? And Paul is even warning us, don't move from that simplicity that is in Christ. We need miracles. It's just that simple. I'm not the miracle maker. And we're not going to pretend miracles. And we're not going to psych you up for miracles. Everybody give me an M. We're just going to say, God, we need you to move. I need you to move. God. Our nation needs you to move. Lord, the church needs you to move again in miracles. Father, I need you to move. Lord, we need you to move in miracles again. Mark 10, 15 says, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. That's God's criteria. The little child. Receive it as a little child. You know, like the, the line or roller you have to stand beside when you get on this big ride. Oh, you're too small. God says, no, just receive this thing as a child. Everything my dad said, I believed. Till I thought I was smarter than my dad. We do that to our Heavenly Father. Many times, I'm sure you've probably done it, your little child's up higher and the dad's down there and says to your three-year-old, jump. He doesn't go, no, wait a minute. You're six feet away, I'm two foot tall, that's five foot drop, you're not as strong as I thought. He just jumps, right? He just jumps into his father's arms. Who's not going to be distracted? The Bible says he never slumbers nor sleeps. And he catches your children, catches them all the time. Psalms 116.6 says, The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low. And he helped me. Situations and circumstances a lot of times come our way to aid us to be humble. And I, I don't know how I haven't gotten killed over the years before I was saved. And I wasn't a bad dude. I just thought I was. Fight over parking lots, parking spaces, I mean. Fight in union lines, picket lines, 
crazy. Just foolish. The Lord preserves the simple. Thank you, Lord, for that. I was brought low, and then He helped me. He helped me. James 4.3 says, You ask and receive not because you ask amiss. And I told God in my office, We're not going to do that tonight, God. We're not going to do that. I'm going to give them the best opportunity to ask, ask right, proper, according to the Word of God. Amiss just means wrong, incorrectly. You want to consume it on your own lust. God, give me this gift because I... Forget that. How about the heart of Moses? God, kill me, not them. What? You ever say that? God, take my life. And remember, God said to Moses, move aside. I'm taking the people out. I've had it with them. And Moses, as an intercessor, said, Lord, no, kill me. What? Are you willing to die for them that are blaspheming your God tonight? We don't receive because we ask amiss. We ask like Americans. We love to consume things for ourselves. But you may consume it upon your own lusts. Hebrew tells us something neat. Hebrews 2.4, as we kind of wind this down, he says, God also, bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost. According to who? According to His own will. God decides when, who, what, where, why, how often, how many. And I'm not talking about freaking out and going miracle hunting and miracle shopping. No, I'm talking about laying before God and crying out to God and say, God, if you don't move in your supernatural, we're sunk. We're just sunk, God. We can't stand in our own might. we got to have the supernatural to the world. Give them even an opportunity to come or to blaspheme, but to give them something. Give them the real God. Let them see the, the master at work. Let them see you once again move through a body of believers that will take no credit. God, our country is so dry. Isn't it dry? They talk about the no rain this year. There hasn't been any spiritual rain for a long time. Little sprinkles maybe. No spiritual rain covering America in a long time. We are so divided. So divided. You know, I, I, I wish we were pastoring right now in Times Square because they talk about having a hundred different nationalities. And I like to bring one of every person up there all the different colors and languages. If they would, they'd probably think I was crazy, but just cut them a little bit so they bleed. Do they bleed black, yellow, green? They bleed red. We're all the same. It's ridiculous. We are so divided. It's going to take a supernatural move of God to do something, to do something so dry, so divided, and our poor nation is so confused. We are without leaders. So confused. Spiritually, everything. We need miracles from heaven once again. Once again. I want our altar call to just simply childlike faith. And it's not that God doesn't care about your situation. Absolutely. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added. 
There'll be attitude. You must believe that. So as we humble ourselves before God, I want you in childlike faith, just start asking your Heavenly Father for that miracle. For however it is, please don't just consume it on yourself, even though that some of you are in desperate needs and there's nothing wrong with asking. Go beyond that for our nation, especially for the church. Then for this church. And then for this family. And then for this pastor. Say, God, start to move again in your power and in your might. Lay before God and say, God, please search me. Put that spotlight, the Holy Ghost light on me, God, because I deceive myself. I want to humble myself, willingly humble myself before God. I'm going to give you opportunity to do that tonight. Remember that song, Oh Spirit, come, make us humble. Everybody around us really is like that lady that was found on the highway. We just might not look like it sometimes, but we are. Stripped naked, burned to the fourth degree because of sin and wrong way of living. And God needs humble good Samaritans that will stop and kneel down and pour in the oil and the wine and want nothing from it. Just to glorify God and to spare a soul from going to hell. I think she died three days later. Three days. It starts on your face humbling yourself before God. Let's open the altars up. Please make your way. Don't get weary and well-doing. Continuing to call out and asking God for the miraculous. Like this morning, remember? Everything He makes is from nothing. If you have no love, God will put it there. If your heart is dead, He'll give you a new one. God, give me a brand new heart tonight. We need miracles, God. We need the supernatural to go after those who have backslidden, those who have been deceived by another gospel. Lord, we need the supernatural 